Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Allison Galen, Edgar Award-winning author of the new novel, The Collective. Allison, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Jeff. It's good to be here. Sure. Well, if someone hasn't yet heard about your new novel, The Collective, how would you describe the novel? Well, I would say it's a novel about uh, rage and revenge um, and the fine line between justice and revenge. Uh, it's about a grieving mother who um, um, cannot get over the death of her daughter five years ago at the hands of a privileged boy who uh, raped her and left her to die uh, in the woods. He uh, went without punishment. He um, has gone on to live a great life, and it's eaten away at her to the fact, to the point of where it's kind of destroyed her life. Uh, all of that changes when. Uh, after a public outburst, she is sort of recruited by a group of like-minded mothers on the dark web, and things kind of take off from there. <laughs> Do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to write this novel? Well, I always like to write about the things that scare me the most, and often those things tend to be emotions within me. Um, I think I'm a mother as well, and I often think there have been a lot of stories in the news about uh, mothers who have lost children and uh, to people who have not been punished for it. And I always kind of put myself in the position of those mothers, and I thought of my own angriest, most base impulses. And, and then that's sort of where it came from. We'll be back to my interview with Allison Galen in just a moment. After this brief message from another podcast that I definitely think you'll be interested in. I'm Blair Hurley, and at the Writerly Bites podcast, you'll get my bite-sized tips for making your writing better today, like looking around the edges of a scene and finding the strangest sentence in your story. And I interview authors to get their best tips. Take a listen to Writerly Bites wherever you get your podcasts. What was your initial writing journey that led you to writing and getting your first novel published? Well, I wrote a short story. I, I always wanted to write, but I was a theater major in college, and then I got my uh, journalism degree. And so I was working for magazines, mainly writing entertainment articles. Mm -hmm. And uh, But at the same time, I still had this kind of passion for writing. So I was taking a writing workshop with this uh, a really great writer named Abigail Thomas, who went on to write some wonderful memoirs. But anyway, I was in that class. And I wrote a short story and it was turned out to be sort of a kind of a mystery or a murder mystery. And uh, Abigail Tomlin said, you should turn this into a full novel, which was actually something I'd never thought of. So basically, you know, five years later, I came up with a novel which didn't sell. And so I took <laughs> another five years and wrote it. Granted, you know, there were a lot of other things going on in my life at the same time. I wasn't just solidly writing novels for five years. Sure. But, um, 
But I, I did, um, you know, get it into pretty good shape. I found an agent. And then in 2005, uh, I sold my first book, which was called Hide Your Eyes. And that, you know, kind of went on from there. I, I continued to write crime fiction and um, really enjoy it a lot. Uh, I've, I've written 11 books, 12. Uh, the Collective is my 12th book. That's great. Well, what was your writing process when you were working on The Collective? Did you outline the novel before you sat down to write it, or do you just kind of follow the narrative? Um, I Kind of a combination of both. What I like to do when I write a book is I kind of know where it's going to end, but I'm not really cl completely clear on the journey that's going to take me there. So as I'm writing it, I kind of outline maybe a few chapters ahead um, and write those chapters and then outline another few chapters and write those chapters. So it's kind of a combination. I'm curious, are there ever days when you sit down to write and the words aren't coming? All the time, constantly. And, you know, either they come or they don't. I try not to beat myself up if I have a day where nothing gets accomplished. Um, sometimes maybe I'll end up coming up with just some ideas or, uh, you know, some plot ideas or something or writing a scene that ultimately ends up getting thrown away. But at least it's something that I tried to see if it would work. Um, a lot of times I, I liken the writing process to to uh, feeling around uh, in a closed uh, dark room looking for the for the light switch. And either you find that <laughs> light switch or you don't. <laughs> and and how was the difference when you started writing fiction compared to kind of the entertainment articles that you were writing? Oh, it's completely different. Writing the entertainment articles, it's all there for you. Your story's all there. Um, right. You know, they kind of follow a formula in a way. There's a, a limited word count. and um, you know, and also you're not as obviously not as married to the material. The reason why people want to read these articles is because of the subject uh, that you're covering. They don't care about you so much as a writer, you know, in my case. So um, so it, it's almost more like doing a math problem or something. I've never had writer's block when writing a, a magazine piece. Uh, but as far as writing a novel, it's just, it's, you're creating everything. You're creating all these characters. They all, it all comes from within you. So uh, it's a lot more difficult, but personally, I, I find it a little more rewarding. That's great. So are you working on a new novel now? Yes, I am. Um, I'm working on a new novel uh, about, unlike the collective, uh, the woman in my novel is sort of, becomes a target of uh, some an unseen group of people who seem to be uh, gaslighting her, tying her to um, a murder that happened decades earlier, um, a death, actually. Um, did she have to do with it? Is she being gaslit? She's, you know, as the book goes on, she's really not sure. <laughs> so that's what that's about. That's great. Well, what writing advice would you offer for those who are working on their own stories and novels? Um, I think a writer's best friend is rewriting and revising. So I would agree with everybody who says, be persistent, get that story you want to tell written and get it out there. But if you're getting the same type of constructive criticism from a group of people that you respect, I would consider it a gift and um, use that constructive criticism and go back and rewrite and refine. I know I do that all the time with my books. Uh, I do. I have uh, page uh, files of cut chapters and sections that are hundreds of pages long. Um, so 
I think uh, be persistent, tell the story you want to, but don't be afraid. Be also flexible enough to rewrite. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. That's great. Well, what novels have you read recently that you enjoyed? Oh, I've read a lot of novels that I've enjoyed. Um, let's see. <laughs> uh, there's there's uh, Megan Abbott's The Turnout is really wonderful. It's a very dark a story of um, of family secrets that takes place in the world of a ballet studio. Uh, so it's a really rich um, sort of story. The characters are really wonderful. It's it's very dark and compelling, and I love Megan's writing. Um, I also uh, really love Dream Girl by Laura Littman, uh, which is sort of a little bit like uh, the plot in a way uh, where it's kind of focused on the world of writing. The main character is a, is a writer, um, very unreliable narrator. Uh, it's got a little <laughs> bit of misery in it too, but it's a really, really, uh, a really um, suspenseful book that I also found really, really funny. That's great. I'm actually really reading um, Laura Lippman's first novel, the, the first Tess Monahan novel. Oh, Tess Monaghan's such a great character. I, yeah. I love I love all of Laura Littman's books. That's great. Well, um, where can people find you online if they'd like to learn more about you and your novels? Um, I'm at alisongalen.com. That's A-L-I-S-O-N-G-A-Y-L-I-N.com. That's great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Allison Galen, Edgar Award-winning author of the new novel, The Collective. The book is on sale now, so go buy a copy. And Allison, thanks for doing this interview. Thank you so much, Jeff. Great. Now, stay tuned for a brief excerpt from the audiobook of The Collective by Allison Galen, narrated by Vivian Lahaney. Available from Harper Audio, wherever audiobooks are sold. The ceremony starts in 20 minutes. I'm climbing out of the subway tunnel, a thousand unwanted smells in my hair. I'm not used to being around this many people, the stink of them, the heat, the noise, the noise especially. 
I just shared a subway car with a group of high school girls, and their laughter still swirls in my ears. I probably should have driven, but it's been hard for me to drive long distances since Emily's death. My thoughts start spinning along with the wheels. Memories of road trips, of carpools and radio sing-alongs and petty arguments. And before I know it, I'm aiming straight for the divider. The venue is just three blocks away. I walk slowly, slower than everyone around me, trying to catch my breath, to still my thoughts, to think of nothing but the sidewalk and the cold night air and where I need to be. From half a block away, I recognize the Brayburn Club. I know it from the photo I found online. It's located in a Gramercy Park brownstone with leaded windows and wide, majestic steps. It's a week past New Year's, but the Brayburn Club is still decorated for the holiday season. A lush wreath filling the front door, icicle lights dripping from the windowsills like fresh beads of sweat. I pass a group of young women smoking last-minute cigarettes. Friends of his, maybe? And I think back to the time I caught Emily smoking weed with her friend Fiona. She must have been 14, always a little old for her years and bored of our small Hudson Valley town. I got so angry with her, grounded her for two months. Her dad thought it excessive. We smoked pot when we were that age, Matt said, missing the point. Yes, we smoked pot when we were 14, but Emily wasn't us. She was better than us. I won't do it again, Mom, I promise. Her voice in my head is as clear and real as the shrieking laughter of the girls on the train. I want to lose myself in it and never come back. It isn't until I'm at the top of the stairs, after I've handed the boy at the door my invitation, and I'm in line for the coat check, that Emily's voice quiets, and I remember where I am and why I'm here. Anything else, ma'am, says the coat check girl. She has a freshly scrubbed look and shiny dark hair, and she's wearing the Brayburn College colors, crimson jacket, gold blouse. Anything else? She says it like she's prompting me from a script. No, nothing else, thank you. The girl's nose scrunches up. She looks at me funny, and I wonder if she can sense what I've been up to, who I am. The evening's main event is the first alumni dinner of the year. It will be held in the formal dining room, a four-course meal, capped off by a speech by a noted software developer from the class of 98. But I won't be staying for any of that. They're holding the ceremony first in the club's library, a sprawling room with wall-sized bookshelves and grand arch ceilings painted with exotic birds and flowers. It smells of leather bindings and polished floors, and there's a Christmas tree in the corner, decorated entirely in Brayburn colors. I imagine most people are calmed by this place, a respite from the stench and bellow of the city. I relax my shoulders and try my best to act as though I feel the same. The seats are all filled by the time I'm in the room. A boy in a tuxedo offers me a glass of champagne from a tray. I take it for the sake of having something to hold, and slip in next to a group at the back waiting. There's a man watching me. That used to happen all the time, and I used to find it flattering, but I don't like it now. 
I've lost 28 pounds since Emily's death. I've stopped coloring my hair and wearing makeup, and I had the bolt-ons removed, and so I am literally no longer the woman I once was. There is no reason to watch me. No flattering reason, anyway. The man is around my age, with a thinning buzz cut, his jacket and tie cheap for the room. He smiles, and I turn away from him, the stem of the champagne glass tight between my fingers. Why are you here? He says, and I think, does he recognize me? I'm hoping my thoughts don't show on my face. Excuse me? American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.